0: Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast. Join us and share our personal top 5 lists for a variety of topics. Each episode, we'll explore a new topic and discuss our favorite picks, ranging from music, movies, food, travel, destinations, board games, roller coasters, to whatever. Nothing is off-limits and everyone is wrong, even when we think we're right. Whether you're looking for new recommendations or just love hearing incorrect opinions, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Tom Lockhart, and with me as always is...
1: Eric Shane. Hi, Tom. How you doing, bud?
0: I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic, except I'm getting old, Tom. I'm getting very old. You know you why? Still I'm getting...
0: look young. I mean... Yeah,
1: I don't know. I'm wearing uh, these—whether they're called gamma ray glasses for like help you with blue light. With the my eyes are starting to get affected from looking at all these screens and going <laughs> over like Excel sheets all the time. And I got to get my vision checked. To you know, one of these days, go down there and say, hey, look at my eyeballs, please, and see what's going on. Because things are blurry that didn't used to be blurry, Tom.
0: Ah, uh, my eyes have been blurry since I was like four years old. I've worn glasses since then. And uh, welcome to the
1: club. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm in the club just yet. I just have these for looking at the computer screen. Outside uh, of that, yeah, we'll see. If, we'll see what we can save.
0: We'll get you over here, and by "will," I mean somebody else with glasses. <laughs>
1: Who else on this podcast has
2: glasses? Zach Rancourt. I was wearing my contacts a little bit ago because I've been wearing them all day, but I took them off because I have like a very fine window when I'm like, yeah, I need to take these off. They start to like itch and sting my eyes.
0: Yeah, I've thought about going back to contacts, but I'd have to like go to the eye doctor. And that's like uh, (laughs) that's that's the entire struggle I have is I'd have to like go to them and say, hey,
1: can you update well, my prescription? I was looking at like, <laughs> like scheduling an appointment with my doc, like going through like the my chart, and I'm like, I guess I'll just do like a regular physical thing on there. And Mandy mm-hmm. had to remind me, no, this is like a whole other thing. Yep, whole
0: different, like completely. Yeah. Like they're yeah. not even in the same building. <laughs> like they're it's, somewhere it's like, else. She's <laughs> <it's laughs> like, weird. I just go
1: to I just go to Costco. Is it like, really?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just go to Costco, and they'll just go like, Yeah, your eyes look shitty. Here's some glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your eyes are
1: dumb. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Here you go. Here's 30 of them in bulk because you lose glasses like crazy. Ugh. Do you? Uh, no. I do sit on mine and I'm always terrified they're going to break. That's that's the main thing. It's just like I put them down and then forget that they're there. But yeah, I don't know what I had after that, but yeah. <laughs> let me segue on over. That was really funny, Tom. <laughs> so guys it's a tough world out there with all sorts of ups and downs and sometimes we just have to laugh and not think about how the world is burning all around us and we're all gonna die uh about a hundred episodes ago we did our top five stand-up comedians but sadly eric was not here he was not part of the podcast yet and i kind of wanted to Get his views on it, but I also didn't want to redo Top 5 Comedians, because we're not at the point where we need to start doing sequels just yet, unless, of course, it's about beer. Because beer, we can talk about that. All the time. It's probably every 25 episodes, we're going to have a new beer episode. Don't worry, everyone. Uh, So today, we will be discussing our top five comedy specials. We are no means experts on said category, and we did not share our list beforehand. We are just a few jerks who want to laugh at a man saying, get her done, Mm -hmm. as all of us have that on our list, of course. Uh, I did want to point out that, uh, I use the word comedy special, not standup special standup is included in this, but I thought a more broad, not just talking about standup comedians would be better, especially because for me, I would have just taken my standup comedians from our first list and been like, what's the best special from that person. I actually ventured out more than I thought I would here. Um, So I will get us kicked off with the one that was given uh, when I brought this up. I said, you guys know this is going to be on my list, and that is Bo Burnham's Inside. Um, It's probably my favorite comedy thing from the last five years. Um, I loved it when it came out. I've probably watched it six or seven times. Um, To go back, I saw Bo Burnham's videos on YouTube back in the day, back in like 2006, 2007 when he was putting them up on YouTube back when YouTube wasn't just a bunch of people trying to make millions of dollars or, 7 million reaction video mm-hmm. <laughs> channels. It was just people putting up their videos and just being like, Hey, I have something that I want to share with the world. Here you go. And he made silly songs that were a little offensive because he was a rebellious 16 year old at that time. Um, <laughs> and I, I saw those online and I was like, Oh, that was funny. And then a couple of years later I was watching TV and I saw on comedy central, Burnham, and I was like, hey, I've seen that before, and it was the first time that I had seen someone go from internet celebrity to an actual, like, mainstream media celebrity like they they went from the computer to the television and i had never seen that before with anyone and i was like oh that's the guy and his comedy central thing was okay and then with each special after that he's gotten better and better and better at specifically what he does because i wouldn't call bo burnham a stand-up comedian because he actually doesn't do very much stand-up especially in like his last three specials. He does music and kind of weird stuff. Uh, There's a couple of things, not from inside. There's one called left brain, right brain where he goes and has a song where he's singing from his left brain and right brain and the color of the lighting changes on stage as he's going back and forth. And it's a goofy song to begin with, but then it gets real real where, the left brain is yelling at the right brain about he's the reason why Bo's not happy. And you're like, Ooh, this is getting dark real quick. <laughs> and that kind of grows more and more with each of his specials where you get to see, Oh, Bo's not well. And there was a five year gap where he didn't do anything because he was having like panic attacks on stage. Cause it was just like wearing on him that much. And he kind of retired from, can- from standup comedy And then the pandemic hit, he was going to come back with a special and then COVID hits and it's like, Oh, okay. So he just records a thing in his guest house, just him alone doing the lighting, the editing, the writing, singing, everything on it. And it's, it's just crazy how good it is. (laughs) Have you guys seen inside?
2: (laughs) I have. Yeah. And I, I I liked it quite a bit. Um, I, I, well, I admittedly say I am not a huge stand-up comedy fan. Uh, it's just hard for me to sit and laugh at that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone was talking about Bo Burnham. And it, was, it came out during a, a good time where we were all inside. And we all could feel that. Um, but I also just love his creativity and, and his directorial debut of eighth grade was one of my favorite movies of the past 10 years. So I was very intrigued by it. And it was really funny. His songs were great. I thought that they were so good, uh, Internet famous or whatever it's called. I don't know. He has one about like being famous online or influencers or something. He's just so he has his finger on the pulse of of pop culture and like what's going on in, with today's society. So, yeah, it was it was good. That's a good choice.
0: Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite moments in that is uh, it's a uh, white woman Instagram is the song and it's a goofy song making fun That's of white I'm women's of. Instagram <laughs> and it's all goofy and then it goes from being the framing of like a telephone screen and it starts spreading out when she's talking about something serious like telling you. This is a real person, like behind this screen, like who has real aspirations, has lost real people, and then it zooms back into that say that ratio to get back to the silly, haha, white women are hilarious on Instagram, right, guys?
2: Yeah, it says uh, a lot about. I mean, it's obviously a social commentary, and um, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of truth behind it. But it's it, it's a fascinating special. I do wonder how much of it was fake, though, as well.
0: Well, yeah, who knows? Scripted, who I should knows? say. i'm gonna go with all
2: of it probably
0: safe bet uh
1: yeah so uh eric what's your first my number two my number one i'm going to uh you you mentioned a relatively newer comedian i will talk about a classic stand-up guy jerry seinfeld uh you mentioned the 2020 and things shutting down um he had a special that came out in 2020 called 23 hours to kill uh I just want to mention, like, there's no purer observational comic, I think, than Jerry Seinfeld. And you just, you know, a guy is good when literally every other person in that profession points to him and says, yeah, that guy is the best at this thing, this element of what they do. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, Tom, you'd get a kick out of it. It was a 45 or 49 minute uh, HBO thing, it's on YouTube, it's called Talking Funny. And uh, it's got Jerry Seinfeld He's sitting with Louis C.K., Chris Rock, and Ricky Gervais. And they're just talking about creating an act. And they're talking about the the act of stand-up and crafting jokes and creating a show. And it's um, it's hilarious. And it's also really insightful. Um, I I adore it. And I think everybody should watch it. It's They broke it. It's a master Anyway, Seinfeld himself, he started as a stand-up comic famously back in the day. And he had his show, uh, biggest show in the country, biggest show on TV. Um, then he returned to stand up in 98 uh, with a special, which was going to be the one I was going to discuss here. But then I you know, changed my mind. Uh, he went on to do some other projects. But um, I think 23 Hours to Kill is perfect to talk about here because it's classic Jerry Seinfeld in like a newer, (laughs) the more modern age, you know, uh, it was released in 2020 on Netflix, May of 2020, but it was filmed in 2019. So this was at the peak of COVID and shutdowns and shit. And nobody had masks on in the crowd. And he's talking about like normal life behavioral stuff. He's this master observational comic. And we really needed to hear at that moment in time, him this return to normalcy and, and just riffing off of it. My favorite line early on in the show, he's talking about buffets He's like, why don't we put people that are already struggling with portion control into some kind of debauched Caligula food orgy of unlimited human consumption. (laughs) Dicks. (laughs) I guess. So, uh, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld is a master. So 23 hours to kill from, uh, 2020 is a special,
2: the only thing I know about, I mean, obviously Seinfeld, the TV show, but I feel like his stand-up comedy is just, what's the deal with Diet Coke? Like, Yeah, that's is, pretty much
1: it. That's his thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, it, but it works. The show's great. Seinfeld is great. Uh, but I haven't seen any other than like clips from comedians talking in cars, or is that what yeah. it is? Comedians, comedians with coffee, coffee in cars yeah. or something Comed-
0: like that? C- comedians getting coffee in
2: cars. There we go. Yeah. That one's pretty good because he always has awesome uh, guests on it. So I've seen clips yeah. like off of Reddit and whatnot.
1: Yeah. He's he's great. His stuff is great. Anyway, twenty three hours of kills on Netflix. Uh, go watch it. It's good.
2: Wow. Very nice. nice. I guess I will. <laughs> All right. I listen to everything everyone says, and I do it. Do what I tell you, Zach. 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 It is okay. your turn. Um. Okay. Again, this was a really hard list for me. Um. I don't like stand up comedy. And comedy specials are just probably one of the last things that I would, I would want to watch if I was scrolling endlessly through all the streaming services that I have. I already spend enough time doing that when I'm trying to figure out a dang movie to watch for the night. So um, yeah, but with that being said, I kind of broadened the horizon a little bit. And I, I have seen some comedy, stand-up comedy specials that were pretty good. Um, and the first one that came to mind when I thought of this was back in 2000, the original Kings of Comedy. Um, And that was D.L. Hughley, Cedric the Entertainer, Steve Harvey and the late great Bernie Mac. Uh, I owned this on VHS. That's how old it was. But (laughs) this was great. I mean, it was like, you know, comedians in their prime and clearly Cedric the Entertainer and Bernie Mac stole the show for me, especially Bernie Mac's milk and cookies. His his sketch uh, or his uh, stand up bit with that and Cedric the Entertainer. I still quote to this day when he talks about like a reggae song about being hungry. And he's like, I tried to make a sandwich, but there was no jam, no jam, no jam. And (laughs) I obviously I'm not as funny as he is, but he does a good job with it. It's just it's it's well done. And I mean, I I loved it. I laughed my my butt off. Um, Yeah, yeah, I would quote lines from it, but I would butcher them because I'm I'm terrible. So. Yeah, I, I think that one is probably the one that I enjoyed the most. It is streaming if you want to watch it on Paramount Plus, though. So that's pretty Ooh. cool. But mind you, it's 23 years old, so <laughs> it's going to look a little dated.
0: Eh, David's fine. I, I know I love Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac's always good.
2: Oh, my God. He's hilarious in this stand up special. Um, yeah. And same thing with Cedric the Entertainer, too. Obviously, as a, as a white male, uh, some of the jokes, I mean, I can laugh at, but I can't necessarily uh comprehend to the fullest extent but there are moments like cedric the entertainer talks about he says something like he's like black folk be waiting for people to sit in their seats and he's like i wish a motherfucker would be sitting in my seat because you know he's like <laughs> white white people are like oh oh someone's actually in our seats um, uh, we, should, we should let's just go somewhere else we'll, we'll sit somewhere else <laughs> and then he's like black people be like i wish a motherfucker would sit in my seat <laughs> so I, I thought that was funny i laughed <laughs> my butt funny. off and um, um yeah spike lee actually i think produced it too so or directed it So keep that in mind. One of the greatest filmmakers of all time.
0: I will now keep it in my mind. There you go. Well, then I guess I'll move on to my number two. Um, So this is actually going to be the first comedian I actually see, like go to a show because I have tickets to go see him in January. uh, And that is Mike Birbiglia. Um, and the special that I, I jumped between two back and forth because Mike Remigley is my favorite comedian. Uh, I love him, even though I haven't seen his newest one because I was trying to hold off. It just came out like two weeks ago, but I wasn't sure if the show that he is touring with that I'm going to was the same one as the one that's on Netflix. I didn't know if he was still doing that one, so I was worried it is not, so I will be watching that later. But uh, the, the special I went with was Sleepwalk With Me. Um, which is Mike Babiglia is used to. Well, so when he started out, he was more of a stand-up comic, told jokes, maybe little stories about his life. Um, once he got to Sleepwalk with Me, it was stories that connected to the main like story. So it'd be little things, but they'd connect. Um, and this is about the fact that he has something called REM behavior disorder, which. His brain does not make the chemical that paralyzes your body when you go to sleep, so he acts out his dreams. Um, he's done things like climb up onto a bookshelf, thinking that he was accepting the silver medal in a dustbuster uh, competition, uh, <laughs> and ended up falling down and breaking the TiVo of his and his girlfriend's. And then the the main thing that happened was he was dreaming that he had a he was having a guided missile was like focused on him and he was like in a war room with a bunch of guys and he jumps out the window of the war room to save everyone in the room and it turns out in his real life he jumped out the second story window of a La Quinta Inn in Walla Walla Washington like the incredible hulk broke out <laughs> landed on the lawn and started running and then woke up running on the lawn because that's, he was saving his his crew. Uh, and it's just about him kind of dealing with that and not wanting to marry his girlfriend that he had been dating for like six years. So it was causing stress, which was causing more sleepwalking. And it's, it's a great story that ends with him and his girlfriend breaking up. (laughs) So fun. Um, But yes, I I think Mike Birbiglia is is one of the best, in my opinion. And uh, again, he has a new one out on Netflix right now that you should watch also. But he has like five or six on Netflix that you can watch.
2: The only Mike Birbiglia thing I remember is Monaco liked him quite a bit. And he had a quote and he's he called himself Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And I just remember there was some (laughs) correlation between that. And I thought it was kind of funny his his little bit for that, but it was all audio. I've never seen what the guy looks like.
0: Uh, he looks like a normal schlub. (laughs) (laughs) Just a schlub. He's just a guy who likes pizza. That's why I relate to him. It's like he likes pizza and he likes to stay up late and it's terrible for his health. I just don't sleepwalk.
2: (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah. And I heard somebody else recently talking about trying to go to that same show too, to see Mike Birbiglia. So that's really, that's really neat. It's, uh, between him and Anthony who who is just here in Seattle. There are a ton of people who went to that show. Oh,
0: I would I didn't even know he did. I would have wanted to go to that. Yeah. Oh, Jesselneck. you're so
2: terrible. Oh, Jesse, you're so sexy. Is that is that what all the fans say?
0: That is right. And you know who else is sexy? The guy who's going to go next.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. I don't know about all that, but I appreciate it. All right. Well, Zach, you mentioned the uh, the kings of comedy. There is a, a white version of that, basically. <laughs> That's the only way I can put it. Blue collar comedy tour uh, <laughs> from Get Her Done. There you go. You you <laughs> kind of around. <laughs> <laughs> no, Blue collar comedy tour is hilarious. They released their uh, DVD in two thousand three, and they uh, they had a couple of couple of tours. So they did one the Rise again or whatever. Anyway, um, it was Jeff Foxworthy, it was Bill Engvall, it was Larry the Cable Guy, and it was Ron White. Uh, all four of them hilarious in their own mind totally on their own right totally different styles altogether uh certainly had their own shtick uh foxworthy has uh uh you know you might be a redneck he's got that billingville's got it you know here's your sign he says that stupid people should be forced to carry signs. that's this whole thing (laughs) so to warn the rest of us that this is in fact a stupid person right and so that's his whole shtick and he Goes off on that letter. The cable by guys has get her done. That whole thing. He's made her.
2: You know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> he's made her. Uh, Ron White, I think for my money, Ron White's the funniest of the bunch. He's got some of the best stuff on there. He's um, always to drinking, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, a he's always got like a uh, a glass of scotch. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he still does it or not. I mean, that was 20 years ago, so. Well, I know I, he's still doing stand up. I don't know. I, if he's still uh, drinking. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, he was talking, so. <laughs> talking about how he's from Texas and talking about they were trying to pass a law in Texas at the time. I don't know if it passed, but trying to pass a law through the legislature in Texas that if you kill someone and more than three three credible eyewitnesses see you do it, you don't go sit on death row for 15 years. You go straight to the front of the line. <laughs> he's like most states are trying to abolish the death penalty. My state's putting in an express lane.
0: So. <laughs> that is a good joke.
1: <laughs> he's got a uh, whole he's got great stories, great comedy stories. Talking about how he was th- he was thrown out of a bar in New York City. Um it's the story of how he became Ron Tater Salad White. Uh, maybe you've heard that sh- if not I'm not going to sit here and repeat it because it's just not going to do it justice. You should go and look it up on YouTube. It's great. Um yeah, Ron White's hilarious. Blue Collar Comedy Tour is really goddamn funny.
0: Yeah, which I agree. It's Larry the Cable Guy is the only one that I can take in small doses, but it's just too much of it. it like he's, a, he's more he's than a like five minutes of it, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah,
2: he's just not funny. He was a shtick and and a caricature, and and people loved that the cutoff shirt, the hat, you know, and he had his uh, code name the Cleaner or whatever. What are those movies yeah. that he was in?
0: <laughs> well, he, yeah he he had it was something like that. He also did Jingle All the Way too. Oh yeah, I, because I saw that on uh, Disney last night when I was like going through, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that they made that. Oh gross! I've never seen it. Maybe it's good. Who knows? First one's good. Ron White's
1: like Ron White's <laughs> he's talking like the about Redneck how, Arnold. <laughs> Ron White's talking about how like uh, guys like poking him in the chest, got to kick him out of this bar, and he's like. Now, I'm six, one between six, one and 6'6", six, six, depending on which convenience store I'm leaving. <laughs> Little shit like that. Yeah, uh, I uh, got a DWI, and it turns out they were pulling over every car traveling down that particular sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> and that's profiling. <laughs> Profile actually- wrong.
2: I liked uh, Jack, Jeff Foxworthy. He was pretty successful, too. Like He had his own yeah. show, and he was on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader and whatnot. Yeah. Which but he was great.
1: He was great he, on that show.
2: He was. And his um, You Might Be a Redneck ones were really good. And then same thing with when he did the Redneck language. He, he'd say, yeah. which did you? And he'd be like, you didn't bring your truck, man. Which did you? <laughs> or he'd say, you know, Rednecks, they they say, initiate. It's like, well, my wife had a watermelon and a steak. Initiate a whole plate of deviled eggs. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember that. I think I think he's funny, um, but yeah, you know, I'm. I think they they have they had a time and place, like Eric was saying. Uh, sure. I don't find any of them funny anymore, um, but uh, I definitely remember in high school we were like, "Ha ha, blue collar comedy." So get her done. Get yes. her done. Yep. They had Not they had their everywhere. moment. They had yeah. their moment. Yeah. They, they definitely had they,
0: they were the biggest thing in comedy for a good like yeah. two
2: years. They got her done.
0: <sighs> all right, go ahead and do your second one.
2: <laughs> okay, so this one you know, this is interesting. I have never seen this, um, but I dearly, dearly love this man and miss him immensely, and that's Robin Williams. Uh, and I when I was googling all this earlier and doing some research, um, in Evening at the Met from 1986. Now, this is uh, Robin Williams on his most cocaine-induced trip, probably. The man is just nonstop. um, Chatterbox, butterfly, whatever you want to call him, he's everywhere. And I... Just the description that I read, so I'll I'll, I'll read what I found from uh, the website. It starts with a posh night at the opera crowd filling into Lincoln Center. Then the curtains open and Robin Williams literally leaps out of the wings of the historical venue, bounding around the stage like a ballet dancer wired to a car battery. I wonder if Pavarotti is at the improv right now going, two Jews walk into a bar, he cracks, and we're off on a wild ride, though the comedian's subconscious but through the comedian subconscious as an artist, Robin Williams represented the dizzy heights of brilliance. We could aspire to Margaret Cho once said about the late great uh, comic, he was absolutely free and absolutely stunning. He could do anything and often did in the case of the legendary gig that meant rifling. What the hell riffing on riffing on everything from Jesus Christ, returning as Charles Bronson to the South's sodomy laws at light speed. The room looked huge, and by the end, with dozens of voices and characters spilling out of him, he effort- effortlessly filled it. Now, Robin Williams, it was like everyone's dad, basically. Like, Mrs. Doubtfire will always live rent-free in my mind because he just was so great in that, right? And that's what we remember him from in other movies, too, obviously. But um, I can only imagine that his stand-up was, was as good as his character was in these films. I mean, there are all these wonderful stories of a Robin Williams behind-the-scenes doing improv for, for most of his scenes. And I, apparently there's like a director's cut of Mrs. Doubtfire where Robin Williams jokes were so it, strong that they, they, they were going to rate it higher than what it was. And like they couldn't release it because he was just he was just riffing left and right. And I would I would pay good money to see that.
0: Uh, I, I can't handle Robin Williams stand up, not because it's not funny, but it's it's sensory overload because he's going a mile a minute and it's just like it's too much. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, so I like him, I like him in movies because there's there's breaks for, for Robin Williams where he's not going a thousand miles an hour. I, I just can't handle the speed in which he does it, especially since like Mike Birbiglia is my favorite Mike Wrigley is very slow. <laughs> it's it's not like, ah, rapid fire. Um, but yeah, I I love Robin Williams. He's great,
1: <laughs> I miss that man. I miss him, too. He had really hairy arms. You know that
2: he had hairy. Everything. Yes. Sure yeah, He yeah, was hairy just, all over.
1: Once you realize once you notice that it's like you can't not see it. It's yeah,
2: mm hmm. I agree completely. Yeah.
1: But yeah, his improv was incredible. I remember he did, uh, whose line is it anyway?
2: Oh gosh. Yeah.
1: That was like the best damn episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, that are, well, our... you know what? Yeah. I think, uh, uh, go ahead. I there, think Bob. my
0: number, let's go from one evening to a different evening and that is an evening with Kevin Smith. This hmm. is his first Q and a, like not stand up, but just show, um, I, I just picked this one just cause uh, I could have picked any of them. Cause I could actually listen to Kevin Smith tell stories all day long. That man is a great storyteller and he just hearing about different things in Hollywood or his life is just fun. Uh, like stories about working with Bruce Willis and how it was the worst time of his life. And he hated every second of it on the movie <laughs> cop out and like it, he'll, he goes into like uh 45 minute story just talking about the hell that that set was and it's just hearing somebody talk about like their hollywood life without like putting on any filters or anything they don't he he doesn't care whatever he's just gonna tell how his life's been going and i could listen to him for days and days and days uh his movies range from uh, there's about three good ones and then the rest are kind of somewhere in the middle to the bottom. Like he's definitely a much better, uh, I don't know. I don't even know speaker where he just goes in and people ask him questions. And then those questions go into stories that last. Uh, what was it? This one particularly is like three hours and 40 minutes. Like that's three hours and 40 minutes of just standing up there and talking nonstop. Like, Every comedian tries to get it down to like a hundred. He he'll stand there and like speak for like six hours. And I'm all for that. Let's do more Kevin Smith stuff. I'm glad that he didn't die after his last one. He had his heart attack.
2: (laughs) I got to see clerks three, a screening of it here in Seattle and Kevin Smith um, uh, did Q and a afterwards. That man can fricking talk. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) like we were just talking about this and I don't know. You guys haven't seen him in person, right? No. OK, so he is notorious for this of just his his Q&A's and, and like people will line up and for like a two hour session. Let's just say it's a two hour Q&A session. He'll answer like three questions because he talks yep. so <laughs> long on about one thing and then it leads to another story and another story. And the man is is wonderful. He is such a delight. Um, I mean, he had a gal who was his like assistant and she gives him a a countdown on the side. She's like 10 minutes left or whatever. But then she has to eventually start being like 30 minutes over (laughs) one hour over. (laughs) And because, you know, she got she has to keep him on time so they can get out of there. But he just kind of almost ignores it sometimes. But yeah, he's a he's a delight.
0: Uh, in, in one of the ones, I because I watched two of them over the weekend, and in one of them, he's telling a story, and it, it is like an hour later, and then he just all of a sudden goes, "Did that answer your question?" And you forgot that there was a guy over there just standing <laughs> at the mic, who's who probably like to go sit in his seat, but he's still just standing there while he's keeps telling this story yeah. that's eventually hopefully going to answer the question he asked like how do you feel how should i get money to make a movie and then an hour later did i answer how you get money to make a movie sorry
1: <laughs> you know neil degrasse tyson's that way too if you ever <laughs> like listen to any or watch any of his stuff on youtube he'll yeah he'll go off for 15 minutes and he'll be like Oh, yeah. Did I answer your question? (laughs) You you can't not. When you know enough about a subject, sometimes you realize it's a very complicated. You don't always realize you're asking a very complicated uh, question or rather the answer to your question happens to be incredibly complicated. So,
0: sir, I asked you, what do you want for lunch? (laughs) Well, (laughs) let me tell
1: you about the cosmos. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh. All right. Still moving on to my number three, mm-hmm. I believe so. Number three, George Carlin jamming in New York from 1992. George Carlin, uh, one of my all-time favorites. 1992. This is uh, uh, right after Persian Gulf. This is after the Persian Gulf War, and he was talking about his uh, how he doesn't really he he wasn't moved by the 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 patriotism and nationalism and the the, the flag waving, and it's just. He'd been around. He was a guy of the '60s. He's, he he doesn't he didn't get moved by that kind of stuff. Um, he did his special riff on like global warming, which is actually low key my favorite take on it, and because it because it's so effective. He sort of um, he goes on and on and on about how like the planet is fine. The planet has survived way worse than us. Mm-hmm. We're the ones who are fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going away. Pack your shit. We're going away, folks. Um, I think that's a really uh, impressive uh, uh, take on that because it reminds you like, oh, yeah, we did this. Yep. And maybe we can, you know, do something about it. Now, he's taken the totally pessimistic, comedic viewpoint on it. And maybe he really believed that, that it was just it's a foregone conclusion. People can't help themselves. And okay, great. Um comedy can be a bit that way. Sometimes it can be a platform for airing out the dirty shit and the, the ugly shit about ourselves that we don't necessarily like to talk about. Mm-hmm. And George Carlin was a master at that. Um, he is a, and he was talking about, especially on that specific issue, how a lot of the folks who were like, you know, save the planet. Fuck them. They are not, they don't <laughs> care about the planet. They're <laughs> narrow minded, unenlightened, self-important self-interest doesn't impress him he's like is these these are people who are like bourgeois liberals who think that the only thing wrong with their city is there's not enough bicycle paths or whatever have you you so just just going after people it's it's great anyway george carlin r.i.p that's another guy we miss sorely Mm -hmm. sorely in this moment george carlin
2: what was the special called
1: uh jamming in new york
2: jamming in new york
1: that's correct
2: yeah, man, he uh, he's hilarious, and obviously that iconic voice. Um, and he, yeah, I mean, we definitely miss him a ton. Uh, one of the greatest comics of all time, and I mean, there are so many people. I, I remember just listening to interviews of of people who absolutely love George Carlin. Kevin Smith, same thing. Um, yeah. So he he had George Carlin in *Jane, Silent Bob Strike Back* for a very minor role, yeah. and he uh, recalled a story. He was explaining a story of that scene, and Carlin was shooting for like a day, right? Cause he had 30 seconds of screen time and he said the preparation that Carlin took and the, the, the direction he he requested from Kevin Smith. He's like, so how should I, how should I deliver this line about, about taking one for the road, like sucking a dick basically. (laughs) Like, how should I, how should I deliver that? Like, do you want it to be in this way? Cause I can do a different take of it. And Kevin Smith is just like, what? Like, dude, just <laughs> you're, dude. you're talking about blowing a trucker to get a ride. Yeah, you're like,
0: just sucking a dick. Like, yeah. <laughs> and,
2: and like, but I love that about George Carlin and I have seen some of his clips and the man was before his time. I mean, he was just he's he tells it like it is. And so goddamn funny. So, yeah, that's a uh, that's a good choice. All right, great. But anyways, I know that it's going to be a long day. I'm going to need to hydrate. And what's the best way to hydrate? Well, water, but Sometimes we need a little bit more. So the downside of of sweating a whole bunch and, and just water is we don't have enough electrolytes, potassium or essential vitamins needed that can keep our body going throughout the day. But there's a really, really great solution. It's actually super easy and it's tasty. Grab a Liquid IV. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration mul- multiplier is w- is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a daily workout, when you're feeling run down, after a long night out and even at festivals like I'm going to, Austin City Limits. I absolutely love Liquid IV uh, for all my hikes, bike rides, snowboarding, and backpacking trips. There's 12 delicious flavors uh, with a bunch that can keep your hydration routine exciting. Strawberry, guava, lemon, lime, uh, strawberry, lemonade, and many, many more. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. With three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, they are made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. The best news of all is that as a listener of this show and the Don't Be Crazy podcast, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use promo code DBcrazypod at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop for better hydration today using promo code DBcrazypod at liquidiv.com. Thank you and stay hydrated.
1: Glad you liked it. You're number three, sir.
2: (laughs) So um, I am going to a series that uh, is kind of like stand-up, but kind of not. And it is the Comedy Central Roast series. Now, they were all pretty cool. They all had really good ones. James Franco, Charlie Sheen. But I think my favorite was the Comedy Central Roast of Bob Saget because – I for the longest time didn't know Bob Saget was actually a stand-up comedian and he's a filthy stand-up comedian. He says the f-word a lot and he talks about cocaine and all these different things uh, or he did at least RIP. But, but for me, I knew him as Danny Tanner from Full House and I think that that was his whole shtick, right? Like he was squeaky clean, but then his comedy shows he's he's swearing like a like a drunken sailor. Um and so I didn't really know much about him, but it was so great to have all these amazing people on stage. Like Gilbert Gilbert Gottfried was there, and my favorite was Norm MacDonald, because Norm MacDonald is is a friend of Bob Saget's, or you know, they both were friends, RIP to both of them. Uh, but Norm MacDonald was always known for breaking the rules when it came to comedy, and he kind of just did whatever he wanted. And so while people are coming up and saying all these these hilarious uh, jokes, I can't remember who it was. It was like Jeffrey Ross or something. He's like. He said, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen walk into a bar and say, give us a Danny Tanner. And the bartender says, what's a Danny Tanner? And she goes, I don't know, but you wake up four hours later with a sore asshole. (laughs) And (laughs) and I just was like, oh, God. (laughs) Um, But Norm MacDonald, he went on stage. And he didn't he didn't like the idea of roasts in general because he he was conflicted. He 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 wanted to be there for his friend, but he didn't want to be saying mean things about him, like, you know, even if it was for a joke. So instead, what he did is he repurposed a bunch of lame, like real squeaky clean one liners from a 1950s cocktail party joke book, <laughs> and he just delivered them with the best sincerity ever. And it was it was wonderful. I mean, yeah. So he's like. To Bob Saget, he goes, "I've heard, I've heard you have hair on your chest, Bob. And let me tell you, that's not your only resemblance to Rin Tin, Tin. Your fucking dog face. How can you not get that?" So, like, <laughs> John Stamos, he's like, "I want to start with John Stamos, our esteemed roast master. John has a reputation for being a bit of a swinger. Did you know that instead of an umbilical cord, John was born with a bungee cord?" <laughs> and, like people, the audience. The best thing about it is the audience and the viewers are like, "What? This is terrible." But every comedian there was laughing their asses off because they know Norm Macdonald was was doing this like perfectly. He was he was a parody of himself in that sense. He said to Bob Saget, "Bob has a beautiful face, like a flower." Yeah, a cauliflower. No offense, but your face looks like a cauliflower. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> think of like the best dad jokes told by one of the funniest people ever, and it's ah, uh, so I implore everyone to watch it. Um, I think they're all on HBO, the roasts, because I think they own Comedy Central, or maybe not, or I don't, uh, I don't know.
0: I know it's one of them owns Comedy Central, one of the streaming services.
2: I thought maybe it's Paramount, because uh, South Park is on there. I know that. Yeah, that might be more. I'm looking it up A right now. Uh, yeah, it's on Paramount, so um, you, can, you can check it out for free. Um, it is absolutely hilarious.
0: Uh, Yeah, I like watching people get roasted. Uh, What is it? Boom, Uh,
2: roasted. Boom, roasted.
0: (laughs) Uh, Jesselnik is usually good on those uh, because he's real mean to people. And then uh, Greg Giraldo
2: was was always good before he passed away. He's hilarious. There's a lot of dead comedians. What is that? Patrice O'Neill, him. Mitch
0: Hedberg. Mitch like, Hedberg. Well, a lot of them are are like drugs, but then some like like Bob Saget hit his head and then just yeah. died. Like like later, didn't even die from the head injury initially. Just like hit his head, walked around, went to sleep, Bummer. never woke up, and it's just like that sucks. Mm-hmm. Canadians need to stop dying.
2: He said to Bob Saget, as you can see, he has wavy hair. It's waving goodbye on account of he's going bald. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so dumb, but I can hear it in his voice. In but his you can, cadence. <laughs> and like.
2: then, yeah, he says to Gilbert Godfrey, I love Gilbert. When you go to the men's room later, you'll see a sign that says, gentlemen, pay no heed, go right in. There's no room that says scoundrel on it. <laughs> so, like, It's just stupid. And so dumb. I love Norm Macdonald and I love watching his clips, especially when he was on Conan. i um, just, uh, the man was uh, but, so funny. Yeah.
0: The clip uh, when like the co-star of that Carrot Top movie and he keeps yeah. like making fun of the movie while she's there to promote it. And it's yeah. just like he's being like a huge dick, but it's hilarious.
2: What's the one when he tells a story about a car? It's like a, a joke, but it's like a five minute joke and it's the, the stupidest punchline. And Conan's like, you made me sit for five minutes. listening." To <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. So, yeah. Uh, uh tom what's your number four
0: uh my number four is uh technically a a stage play I guess, or a play uh but it's oh hello uh which is a off-broadway play by john mulaney and nick kroll where they play their characters from the kroll show uh gil Faison and george st giglin um and it's just them and those characters uh the, the the thing that they did on the Kroll show was too much tuna. And they would get a special guest to, like, they'd go to a diner and they'd be, like, talking. And then they the waitress would bring over the order and it would be a sandwich with too much tuna. And it would just be a sandwich that has, like, three pounds of tuna. Like, <laughs> an obscene amount. Uh, and those are the characters on the show. This is a more, like, fleshed out, like, these are real people and it's about them And they're getting kicked out of their New York uh, uh, apartment. And it's just hilarious, the two of them together. And this is probably a little bit before John Mulaney got back onto the cocaine and before he went to rehab. Uh, I I was trying to think of like – I wanted a John Mulaney special on here and I was going – uh, with a whole bunch of them. I was like, Oh yeah, there's that one thing that I love. And it has that other guy that I love too. So let's double down. Uh, uh, John Mulaney's new stand-up is, is, is very good. Also where he is, a, he's just talking about his time in rehab, basically. Yeah. His, and it's great to just hear about his, uh, his intervention and, and going to rehab and then him telling you a story about, uh his him selling like going and buying a twelve thousand dollar watch to sell for six thousand dollars so that he has cocaine because he told (laughs) his accountant not to give him money so he couldn't get cocaine so he ended up having to steal his own money from himself (laughs) to buy cocaine and at the end of that he's like and i just want you to remember that's one of the stories I'm willing to tell you. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> I've done much worse than this thing that is just like, oh, such a gross thing. But oh, hello is great. <laughs>
2: he's, he's pretty hilarious. Uh, John Mulaney. Nick Kroll is funny, but sometimes he he's a little much for me. But uh, yeah. I, I really appreciate how um, I don't know how, how wide ranged John Mulaney is. You know, even his voice as Spider Pig was really good in the in the Spider Man movies, the two Across the Universe and Across the Spider Verse, um, or Into the Spider Verse and Across the Spider Verse, where he was great in those. But yeah, I heard his stand up special was awesome. He was on um, some episodes of uh, Documentary Now, which is a Bill Hader. And um, Uh, Fred uh, Armisen, Fred Armisen production where they spoof documentaries and they did one that was like a Broadway thing. And it was essentially they were spoofing a documentary about a show that was poorly received on Broadway and it only lasted like, I don't know, a day before it got canceled. And it's all behind the scenes, but it's it's so well done and it's like funny, but it's just it's production wise. It's excellent. So I, I really appreciate the hell out of John Mulaney
0: uh he was also good in he's only been in one episode of the bear but the one, Oh the yeah that's right where it was just like me and whitney were watching that and we were just like uh, and then it was just like i heard his voice and i was like is that john Mullaney? just like and then it shows him and i'm like that's john Mullaney just coming out of nowhere on this mm-hmm. show oh,
2: yeah man. um oh. uh the seven fishes
0: yeah, the seven fishes, the best episode. Oh, D- so
2: unreal, sad, unreal man. TV. And yeah, absolutely. He 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 nailed it. He's like, and is he is he still holding that fork? <laughs> 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 oh man, awesome, cool, good choice.
1: Eric, okay. what do you got? Yeah, my number four is Chris Rock's "Never Scared" from two thousand
2: and four. Nice.
1: Yeah, and I wish I could riff on it longer. About the, I wanted to go back and rewatch this before, so this, so I could go back and like have some comment more commentary on it but i didn't have time but uh he did talk right at the top about how he's like hey uh you know forget all this stuff in the news it's just to get your mind off the war this is 2004 mind you that this came out so you know what was i the uh, what was going on at the time was the iraq war obviously it's like this everything that's going on in the news get your mind off the war I think Bush sent that girl to Kobe's room. (laughs) (laughs) I said Bush. I think Bush sent that little boy to Michael Jackson's house. Oh,
2: come on. (laughs) He's like, another
1: kid, Michael. I'm done with Mike. I'm done.
2: Chris Rock might be the, one of the funniest, Eddie Murphy, I think for my, for my count is the funniest comedian of all time. Chris Rock is like really close. And then Richard Pryor too. Like I, I, and then Dave Chappelle, I know I say I don't like stand-up comedy, but I like those guys. They're all so yeah. fucking funny. And Chris Rock, it, he just nailed Like, when you were saying those, I imagined you were you were Chris Rock.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, so in the Talking Funny uh, HBO uh, special I was telling you about that's on YouTube that you should go watch, uh, Lucy K actually pointed out that that's sort of Chris Rock's thing is what he would do is he'll – He'll say this thing and he'd be like, You know, women can't go down in, in lifestyle or whatever. You know, it's some chauvinist or bullshit that he would say. <laughs> you know, it's comedy. he say, Women can't go down in lifestyle. Then you feel like they can't. They can't go down in <laughs> life. You know, that thing. And Chris Rock's thing is, he's like, I learned early on in my career that I had to establish the premise of my joke. And if I establish that premise, he's like, he, he said, he sees people all the time, comics who have great jokes and they're not getting their the reaction that they expect from the audience. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, because they don't understand the premise. It might be smarter than the audience was prepared to hear. So he said, he just got to learn early on that. If you just really stick the landing and hammer in and the found the foundation of that premise, those jokes will always work, but you got to establish the premise. That's why he developed his style the way he did. Um, He's talking about how in that, in that special uh, in uh, never scared back in 2004, he's talking about, uh, Iraq didn't scare him or whatever. It was like, all we've been told is about how dangerous they are. Iraq's the most dangerous country on earth. He's uh, like, if they're so dangerous. How come it took two weeks to take over the whole fucking country? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you couldn't take over Baltimore in two weeks. <laughs> so, and, you know, it, it's, it's just great. A whole special is really great. And he's like, this he had patriotism turned into hatredism. A uh, lot of, a lot of dudes, very comfortable waving that flag. And, He's just like, I'm an American, I'm an American, you know, fuck all these guys. I'm an American, fuck all these guys. He's like, and after a while started listening, it's like, I, I know, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to repeat everything he said here. He's like, that train's never late. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it's really great. I've kept that forever in my lexicon. That train is rent never free. late. It's rent free in my head for all coming time. Uh, great apps, great show. Great, great special. Go on. Uh, I think most of it's on YouTube. Maybe the whole damn thing, but I bet yeah. we could
2: find it. Never scared. So I'm actually making a first. I'm changing uh, my Robin Williams one uh, to because I I forgot that I have seen um, a Chris Rock stand up special and it was bigger and blacker and I think there that that go. one was so so funny and I, so I'm gonna read it just because I had to find the quote. But when he talks about. Uh, gun control. He's like, you don't need no gun control. You know what you need? We need some bullet control. Yeah. Men, we need to control the bullets. That's right. I think all the bullets should cost $5,000. $5,000 per bullet. You know why? Because if a bullet cost $5,000, there would be no more innocent bystanders. Yeah. Every time somebody gets shut or gets shot, we'd say, damn, he must have done something. <laughs> he must have done something. It's like, <laughs> shit, he got, he got $50,000 worth of bullets in his ass. <laughs> and people would think before they killed somebody if a bullet cost $5,000 man I would blow your fucking head off if I could afford it <laughs> I'm gonna get me another job I'm gonna start saving some money and you're a dead man you'd better hope I can get no bullets on layaway <laughs> so, oh god it's so good and and yeah he, um, that special I remember was because when HBO back in the 90s was hard hitting HBO you know th- I, that was a paramount and that's what I think of when I think of HBO so Chris Rock I would just say any of his specials are probably incredible Absolutely. Good choice, Eric. Thanks, man. Um, okay, so for my fourth, um, I'm going to, and I've talked about this show on Netflix before, but it is I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. So this is sketch comedy, and it is the most awkward, uncomfortable sketch comedy you're, you're going to probably see for quite some time. Th- it doesn't make any sense at, t- at moments. And so I I have a hard time um, like recommending it to somebody that I don't know, but People like Tom and Eric, I'll recommend it too. And, you know, they might get a few chuckles or they might absolutely love it. But I know we've all talked about this before. I, yeah. I think it's it's so smart and it's so funny. And his cameos are, are incredible and it's infinitely quotable. I mean, I still say, I'm always like, Dan Flashes, their patterns are so <laughs> complex. <laughs> it's it's only $1,000 out the door. So You like, sure I, about that? You, you sure about that? I do that one a lot. You sure about that? <laughs> And yeah, so a lot. He's become a meme too. A lot of people use the meme without seeing. You know, I didn't see fucking shit. <laughs> like that one. <laughs> that uh, is such it, a meme. That's a permanent meme. It, it's such a meme. It, I'm it's doing my there. part.
1: I did my part. I'm doing my part. Yeah, I didn't do shit. I didn't do fucking
2: shit. <laughs> I do fucking oh, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't skip lunch. Uh, those ones. And like, I always say, give me that. I do that. I'm just joking. (laughs) But like, it is the funniest fucking sketch comedy ever. And I, I love that show with a passion. Three seasons on Netflix. Goodness
0: uh i've watched all three seasons at least six times like it's so good <laughs> it's so good and they fly by because they're only 15 minutes or so and it's just like i can watch a whole season in like an hour and a half and hold, that like... hold that door hold that door hold that door that's the best that's the best. <laughs> I mean, he, he walks
1: he walks it all slow <laughs> I really want to bring that to work with me and I know better. I just know I I should do it.
2: Hey, hold that door! Hold that door! Hold that hold door! door! Hold that! Hold that, door!
1: Door! Hold that door! Slowly start walking. Oh man.
2: Do you can you uh can you like tell her there's a restaurant policy about sharing the nachos and not putting too much meat on one chip? He's like, I'm not gonna do that. And he goes and tells her, Let's get some steaks and slop, yeah. up. slop them Pour up. up. Pour some water get on them. Sloppy steaks. <laughs> He's like, play the Blues Brothers louder, louder. I was a piece of shit, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just having, having breakfast with my fat fucking friends. <laughs> like, Wait, I need to go. I need to go. I need to go. Before. No coffee, just mud. <laughs> wet, wet mud one of one of the funniest sketches out of the entire series um was on the newest season when he does the zipline thing (laughs) it's like it's like dave or whatever you're only here for the zipline he's like
1: what no
2: i love you and it just shows him going to zipline the entire time and each time he's doing
0: the zipline he has such a serious face on doing it and for some reason that's that's the thing i laugh (laughs) at
2: is how serious he
0: is about the zipline he like kicks his
2: legs and he like falls in the water and then when they they're like we, we, you even skip dinner early and he, like he's eating his dinner really fast. And the guy's like, Hey, how was your date with Cindy or whatever? He's like, good. And drinks his water and runs <laughs> up to the zip line. <laughs> God, that show is good. Okay. So anyways, that's, that's my number four. Nice. Oh,
0: uh, well we could stick in the kind of awkward area for my last one, which was, I, I totally forgot that this was a standup, uh, special, all those years ago, what 2006, and that is Zach Galifianakis live at the Purple Onion. Um Zach Galifianakis has only done one comedy special because, I mean, he's in movies now, and he never went back to stand up. And it it's about what you would think it's it's a bunch of dumb jokes, and it's very awkward, Um, and it's kind of a it's a weird hybrid between stand up where he's he played it's weird because he plays the piano, but he doesn't sing. <laughs> he tells jokes <laughs> while playing the piano, but then it will also cut to skits of him playing a character that is, his, he's his own twin brother. And he's being interviewed by, if you've seen, I, I saw sunny in Philadelphia. The guy who plays the lawyer is the guy interviewing him. Mm-hmm. And it, the character that his, his uh, twin is, is his character from that movie with Will Ferrell, where they're both politicians
2: Oh, oh uh remember. yeah. I can't remember um, the name of it. <laughs> I know I, I own it and I the campaign. The campaign. <laughs> the campaign,
0: yes. It's basically that character is his twin brother. And then it will also cut to like him doing a road trip with his friend that's like driving around with him doing stand-up shows. And it's like them in like a, uh, a thrift store, like trying on dresses and just like <laughs> coming out of the dressing room and dresses and just being weirdos, basically, you know, just fun weirdos. And I forgot how funny Zach Galifianakis is outside of movies. Cause I remember he also had a late night show back in the 2000s. Back when he didn't like have a beard and he's just he's a weird guy and I like it. It's in the same vein as uh, I think you should leave where it's just like awkward for a lot of it.
2: (laughs) He's and and he is so great. I mean, he's he's the best part of The Hangover, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he, you know, subsequently his other films that he was into were were where he does play the same kind of character after a little while, but he's very funny. And he does a pretty good dramatic role too. I can't remember what I saw him in uh, not too long ago, but he was pretty solid in his dramatic role. Um, I do like, yeah, I do like Zach Galifianakis a lot.
1: He's cool. great. That's, <laughs> my, that's my
0: contribution. Thank you. You contributed. <laughs> Hooray!
1: Right. Now, give us your fifth. My fifth and final. I don't have a lot to say on this. It's Jeff Dunham. As, uh arguing with myself, he is a ventriloquist. Um, his sure act is. is hilarious. I have never. It, it's I had a really weird reaction to seeing him for the first time because I saw it and I'm like, this is some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. These characters are really interesting. They're really cool. It's really interesting how he does this. Why would anybody voluntarily do this? like <laughs> I can understand creating a comedy routine and I guess I intellectually understand how cool ventriloquism is. And I certainly appreciate the amount of effort that goes into it. But the more I think about the amount of effort that goes into it, the more baffled I am that anybody would do so. Cause you can create characters and have like sketch comedy and do all that kind of stuff. Maybe not when, when, when Jeff Dunham first started, I mean, he's, been around since the 80s i think
0: mm-hmm.
1: 80s 90s for sure uh this particular special was in 2006 um uh, he'd been doing it for a long time and it, it, the skill is incredible it's really really I, I almost said it was really cool except i can't <laughs> think of anything less cool than ventriloquism <laughs> other than maybe playing the accordion but nope Weird weirdo plays the accordion and weirdo's cool so
2: Weird Al's i don't cool.
1: know yeah so his characters are Walter, which, I mean, even in 2006, the, the, the Joe Biden comps are just perfect. I mean, the, the look visually is right there. Uh, Peanut, which is just the funniest character he has. that's like his closing character. He's got Jose Jalapeno on a stick. <laughs> He's got Bubba J. He's got Ahmed the Dead Terrorist, which was really topical back in 2006. Sweet Daddy D, Melvin the superhero guy, Little Jeff. He's got a few more, but uh, those are his big ones. Walter Peanut, Jose Jalapeno, Bubba J. I think Ahmed are, are the biggest ones he has. Um, yeah, that's his special that I talked about here was the uh, uh, arguing with myself. That was the first time I've seen him, and uh, I, I don't, I can't name another ventriloquist that I'm just like, hey. You should check this person out. I don't it's not somebody who makes it's really hard to make a name for yourself really in ventriloquism. I guess is how you say it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But he's he's the guy and he's he's really great. (laughs) He's the only one that made it. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) on a national thing, I don't know anybody before him. Maybe there was back in the in the way back machine. I don't know. Somebody Uh, who
0: I know on America's Got Talent there was a little girl who did ventriloquism and she like sang also wow. through the the doll that was impressive
1: it's a cool <laughs> skill interesting skill I just don't I mean why <laughs> why is the why key. <laughs> I don't know why other than like it's it's it is entertaining it's neat but you got to work your ass off just to create any sort of comprehensive comedy special so yeah to add all these other characters on top of it as well and you have to have the ventriloquist skill to uh, that's that's a lot of work oh but it's a I ton guess, of work i guess it sets them apart
2: so. eric that was arguing with myself yeah okay i'm just making sure yep that's it nice all right my fifth and final um, so this this guy uh, He's like one of my more favorite comedic personalities in the past 10 years. Nathan Fielder. Um, if anyone isn't familiar with Nathan Fielder, he is also the king of awkward because he, he'll he say something that normally someone would laugh at, but then he has a straight face the entire time like he was serious. And and so that's that's his style of humor. It's cringe and it's uncomfortable, but it's not like aggressive. He'll just do things... And he's like, well, may- maybe you should actually just do that with your shirt instead. And then people will laugh and he's like kind of serious, right? So anyhow, Nathan for you is his TV show, in which I thought was hilarious. And he always did excellent, excellent um, uh, sketches and whatnot on there and um, events, I guess. But the rehearsal on HBO is, is what I wanted to talk about. The rehearsal is such a fascinating and poignant piece of comedic film writing. It's, I think it's like 10 episodes, but basically what happens is the idea with it is he takes he helps ordinary people um rehearse difficult conversations or life events through the use of sets and actors hired to recreate real life situations so for the first episode this guy named core he does trivia with a trivia team and all of them have master's degrees except for him he lied to them previously that he has one And he wants to come clean to his friend. So what Nathan Fielder does is they, 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 Rehearse this in a situation, hence the rehearsal of him having the conversation with his friend, but they do it in a fake bar that's built like to a tea of the of the actual bar they go to with fake trivia night with um you know actors there. But then he dives even deeper from that. He's like, okay, well, what if they do this? And it's, it's hilarious. It's topped off by him walking around with his MacBook like around his neck on this harness, and he's he he writes out these matrices that are like, this is what's gonna happen if they go this way. And he goes deep and deep and deep, and it's it's hilarious. Now that's just the first episode. Second episode, he actually takes on what will remain for the fi- remainder of the of the series. Um, he takes on this gal who is a super uh, uber Christian conservative woman who lives in Oregon, and she wants to find a partner and then have a child. So uh, they rehearse her finding going on a date and um, finding someone who could let her live with a child. Like so, he gets a fake baby for her to live with. But then he goes and says, well, that's not enough. And he gets a real baby and he uses actors and all this kind of stuff. It just, it goes off the rails. I don't even know how to describe it, but, um, his commissions, they're these extravagant, he builds these extravagant sets with uh, every detail recreated. He hires actors to inhabit these sets and practice different dialogue trees with his clients. Dozens of times information is used to train the actors and build the sets is often collected without the subject's knowledge. So people, are in a scenario that they may think this is real. And he's like, I actually hired the actor to play the actor. And like, it's just it's stupid. <laughs> so you, you have to see it. You have to like Nathan Fielder's um, level of comedy. But it is so goddamn funny. I was dying. I'm, I'm probably going to watch it tonight, honestly.
0: Uh, I actually might watch it tonight because I, I watched that first episode so and then good. never got back to it, but I liked it. But then I, I just forgot that it was a thing. And thank you for reminding me that it was a thing. Cause oh now I gosh. can go back and watch it.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> so. it is. It is so funny. And there will be a second season. I just don't know when that's going to be. Cause this came out a couple of years ago.
0: Well, and he just, uh, the, what the show, the curse yeah. just came out on With Showtime Stone? or. Yeah. Yeah. Which I watched the first episode of that. And I'm need to find time to watch that
2: yeah i need to, i need to also watch that
0: perfection so that's our lists we did it
1: woohoo hooray we did it yeah <laughs> we yes. got there
0: let me we do a quick it. rundown of what we got uh me thomas has bo burnham inside mike a sleepwalk with me an evening with kevin smith john and nick role in Oh Hello on Broadway, and Zach Galifianakis, Live at the Purple Onion, Eric had Jerry Seinfeld, 23 Hours to Kill, The Blue Collar Comedy Tour, George Carlin, Jamming in New York, uh, Chris Rock Never Scared, and Jeff Dunham, Arguing with Myself, Zach had The Original Kings of Comedy, Chris Rock Bigger and Blacker, Comedy Central, Roast of Bob Saget, I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, and The Rehearsal uh yeah good lists i think we did all right even though some of us hate comedy <laughs>
1: hate me. to laugh laughter's
0: bullshit <laughs> all right well uh thank you for tuning in to the top five podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at podcast top five at zackdale 60 at tom top five at snack burglar where you can give us ideas tell us if we're crazy or even suggest a topic for
1: a future episode If you enjoyed today's episode, we know you must have. Please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Thank you all, and remember, it's okay to be wrong even though you think you're right.
2: I don't get high, but sometimes I wish I did. That way, when I messed up in life, I would have an excuse. But right now, there's no rehab for stupidity. Mm. Nice. (laughs) Chris Rock. There we go. Okay. Uh, Bye Bye. Bye.